County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Welcome to Where We Landed. I am one of the co-hosts today. My name is Scott Miller. I'm with Bowman Construction. Also in our co-hosting duties today, we'll be joined by Iris Brunner um, with Family Services Society. hey And Alicia Hazelwood with the United Way of Indiana. Hello, hello. We're going to introduce our guests in just a moment, but before we do that, so Tori, welcome, but, but before we do that, we're going to do a little bit of trivia and uh, we'll see how so that yeah, so Scott wanted us to bring back trivia for this week because he's really um, a little bitter over losing the trivia round. Um, so l- lost it to Iris. So I've got mm-hmm. some questions. I'm not playing. Tori, you get to uh, score if you would like as well. So you can okay. key on a question. So hopefully we've got some good ones. And it's first so, to answer, right? First to answer. Okay. And it's pop culture. Okay. I'm super competitive, so me too. Just, well, mm-hmm. and Scott's over here, like stretching his jaw, getting ready, shaking, shaking loose. So, question number one: What was the first music video played on MTV? Um, it was not Michael Jackson. It was. Oh, it's a. I want my MTV. What is that one? I can see it. I don't know, but if you could sing a little bit more of that, that would be helpful. <laughs> I can see it, and I can't think of the name. First letter. I'm so mad at myself right now. Five, four. What's your guess, Scott? Three. Beastie Boys. No. Oh, that's oh, a good that's one. Good. Yeah. I don't think it was <laughs> two. <laughs> one. Video killed the radio, radio star. star. Oh, well, I was wrong. <laughs> you were wrong, but I like that wrong. you were singing. That. I didn't want to be like, no, that ain't it. But All right. I was wrong. Question yeah. two. Okay. Which rapper Shoot. performs on Usher's Yeah song? Lil John. Nope. Oh, wait. Lil Wayne. I think nope. I answered too fast. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Which rapper <laughs> performs on Usher's Yeah song? Man, now I'm um, like, I don't want to be wrong. I feel like I should say ludicrous. It is ludicrous. I was like gun shy with you that one. You over here like dancing away. All right. <laughs> yeah. Which famous band is originally from Sweden? ABBA? Yeah, it is ABBA. ABBA. That was your question, Scott. I know. I thought we were doing sports. <laughs> this is all What music. part of pop culture did you not understand? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look up a sport right. question for him real fast. Final. Right. How, ma- how many innings are in a baseball Nine. game? <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel better? Yeah, I, feel I just want to make you feel better. Thank you. Oh gosh, who sings the oh. hit song "Girls Just Want to Have Fun"? Cindy Lauper. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be faster. Tori's really I'm fast. What song put Tina Turner into What's to do with it? Spotlight. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, okay. here it is. Here it is. She's wearing red. She's on fire. Who is it. Snoop Dogg's best celebrity friend? Martha Stewart. It is. All right. <laughs> Way to go, Scott. Boom. <laughs> and those are the questions oh for today. Oh, my God, that was so great. <laughs> Scott, Thank you were you. ready, weren't you? I was ready, ready with that one. I never thought you would guess that one. I swear. I swear. Oh, were yeah. you looking at the answers? I saw you no, peeking no, no, over your no. shoulder. I, I should have, but no, clearly I <laughs> you wasn't. You were on it. Yeah. <laughs> do, I get, do I get a prize? We will get you a prize. I'll get you okay. a candy cane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a leftover Christmas candy cane. Those are the Good best. stuff. Well, that was fun. Thank you so much for doing that. And 
Scott, I'm glad you got on the board. Yeah. That was awesome. Awesome, uh, awesome. Appreciate that. Um, well, I am excited and um, excited for everybody to meet our guest today. As you've heard, she's rock star trivia. Yeah. Um, today with us in studio, we have Tori Williams. Uh, hello. Hello, she says. Welcome. Uh, uh, Tori has a very, very impressive uh, resume here, and I'm just going to touch on a couple of things, and, and then I'll let her share all the good rest of the stuff. Because you guys know I like to fake it until I make it <laughs> Go for on it. these. Um, but Tori was born and raised in Marion. Um, she graduated from Marion High School, class of 99, woo woo, in the house. Um, but her current life right now has her serving as the intersectional engagement director for life. Lark song. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Lark okay. song. I have a job title change. So. Oh, okay. Well, you, uh, what is it? Culture care director. Culture care director. Because nobody that. knew what that other one was. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I hope you explain it all to us here in just a little bit. Um, and Tori also serves as the co founder for Moving Marion Forward, which I'm really excited for you to share about today. And um, has fun little friends at home with her. Um, I hope that she's journaling some of the stories of her wonderful little humans that she's raising, because that would be a really great book. It's, uh, a, it's a prayer journal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prayer journal. Exactly. But uh, help me welcome Tori Williams to the studio today. Welcome, Tori. Good to have you. Yes, yes. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited that you're here. And kind of what we do at the beginning of this is we just, um, just if whatever portions of your story you'd like to share with us. Um, oh, don't give me like open mic. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I am. It's like, open I mic. Need, I need some, some, um, some questions. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes uh, yeah. Scott likes to say, um, so where were you born? I, yeah. I will start what, out with what, some questions. What day? So yeah. like, how did you land here? Was your family always from here? Or did you move here? Yeah. Like, how did you end up in Grant County? Oh, one fateful day <laughs> a long, long time ago. It was a dark ago. and stormy night. Two people fell in love yeah. at a, a factory called yeah. Foster Forbes back then. And yeah. then they were like, hey, I like you. I like you, too. And nine months later, I was born. Um, <laughs> that glorious day. it was day. the best day ever. Like, yeah. it still is. So my yes. birthday is next Friday, um, February 18th. But no. So my mom is from marion she was okay. born and raised here um, her family actually came up from georgia in the 1920s 10 mm. area um so my dad's from kentucky he moved up here to the city mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was from, he's from a small town in kentucky so he moved up here um and that's how i got here okay. um i was born here raised here, went to high school here, had a great education, a beautiful childhood, and could not wait to get out of Marion. So I went to school in Northwest Ohio. I got a full academic scholarship and I stayed there for maybe five or six years after graduating and then um, got the, I don't know what to call it. I'm still trying to grapple with what it was, um, the sign to come back home. So you're a boomerang. Yeah. Grew up, left, and came back. Yeah. <laughs> Except a boomerang feels like willful, right? Like that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed, it's to, come supposed to come back. I'm more like a begrudgingly. Yeah. Yeah. Boomerang. Yeah. So a faith <laughs> so my faith is like something that I don't talk about a lot, but like I prayed about coming back home and I got the answer like really clearly, like go home. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm, no, nah, God, I don't think so. Like, are you I sure? Think confused. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, like, I fought it for six months, but I moved back to Marion, July seventeenth, two thousand nine. That's how. That's how, <laughs> <laughs> how much you, you yeah. are not ready. Yeah. Yeah. Major um, turning point. And that, it, that date stays. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it was 
like I loved my life in Ohio and what I was doing career wise. Uh, I was really on track to do some. I had been doing amazing things. I was leading a program up in Toledo that was CDC funded, um, all of this really cool stuff. And yet it was like, OK, go home. Um, and when you look back on those decisions, it's like, OK, now I can see the reason for it. But man, at the time I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and now I'm happy I'm here. So but it took mm-hmm. it took some time to adjust. So. What did you study at school? My degree is in women's studies with a concentration in race, gender, ethnicity. Um, I bounced around. Um, I went to that school in particular, one, because it was a full scholarship. They were close to home. I had a, oh, I had a kid in high school. I should probably mention that. Um, and so I had my daughter when I was 16. So that mm-hmm. impacted where I could go to school. Sure. Um, and so it was two hours away from here. I started because I was a double major in art and therapy. Um, That's what I wanted to do. They had an amazing art therapy program. I was all set to be in the last graduating class of that program. And my GPA was one tenth of a point too low. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you're just going to be like, no. And they were like, yes, we're going to say no. And so I kind of had to figure out like what I was going to do. And I did. So, but it was a, it was a journey. Share with me a little bit about Lark Song. Okay. So what what does the organization do and and what's your role on a day-to-day basis? I know you kind of shared the title, but mm-hmm. what what does that entail? That's just, that's a whole story within itself how mm-hmm. I got to Lark mm-hmm. Song. Um but Lark Song is the the best way to describe it is a wellness organization. We do coaching, um training and and wellness and well-being, really sort of trying to figure out how we can partner with people to increase flourishing and fulfillment in life. Yeah. Um that's like the official thing to say, but Larksong is just really this cool business where um, I started volunteering there a couple years ago. And when I had some really important things that I wanted to do here in the community, the first people who stepped up to partner with me was Larksong. Um, and so it was somewhere that felt like home, um, that felt like I didn't have to do anything but just be me to belong there. And like, mm. not only that, but like they wanted to support me. Um, I hadn't experienced that in that way here in Grant County. And so um, it just evolved into a job, but it still doesn't feel like it. Like I'm making my own content and doing some really awesome stuff. So, and Lark Song located where? Corner the- of Fourth and Washington. Okay. Um, it's a beautiful space. It is Megan Gilmore's executive director. If you go inside, one of the things that you notice is the way that the space is curated to just kind of feel good. Like you walk in there and it's mm. it's beautiful. Um, and you know, on the square, I haven't been in a whole bunch of businesses, but the square is somewhere where it's, we're constantly looking at how do we, how do we make it look better? How do we make it feel better? And so when I walked in the Lark song and I was like, okay, like, this is nice. And I felt like, um, the aesthetic and the vibe of Lark song was exactly what I wanted to, to see downtown. So, um, I get to create partnerships with people and support people that, um, you know, may not have ever heard of Lark song, but also just kind of, um, haven't experienced that same support kind of the way that I did. So it's been really cool. But can I sneak in kind of there with that? Um, obviously, you know, being a lifer, mm-hmm. right. Um, we definitely have a little bit of an opinion of things sometimes like maybe we don't deserve nice things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you say, when you walked into that business, mm-hmm. you were like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. This is nice. And this is, yeah. we deserve that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We deserve that. So maybe more a comment, not a question. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said that <clears throat> when you were in Ohio, mm-hmm. 
there was this thing that was very much like you need to go back home. And now mm-hmm. looking back, you can see what that was. Yeah. What was, if you feel like sharing, what was that calling that brought you back here that now you're so thankful for? My family. So my mom is chronically ill. Um, like I can remember birthdays where she was in the hospital. And so like, so mm-hmm. she's been sick. Her She's been sick since she was 12. She was actually in experimental surgery. <laughs> um, and so mm-hmm. she has, you know, my entire life has been like, caring for her in some way in the capacity that I can. So when I came back, she actually had to have another surgery. She had to have a a cervical. Um, So they replaced some of her spinal bones and tissue and all that good stuff. And I was here. um, I didn't have to leave work to come take care of her. I was just here. And so like, that was like, okay, like this is why you had to come back. Um, And she's, she's still kicking. Um, So, (laughs) and you know, but being close to family and then, um, Learning to love Marion in a different way once you come back is probably the one thing that I appreciate more, you know. I talk about, go ahead. Yeah, what do you mean by that? You well, share a little more. Because yeah, I talk about, so I love minerals. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love, in particular. Yeah, I love yeah. minerals and gemstones and things like that. And there's mm-hmm. one called pyrite. People know it as fool's gold, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they were out doing like the gold rush, people would find this and they'd be like, oh, I struck gold. And then they'd be like, no, that's not gold. And it would be so disappointing for people. And I think a lot of people have that idea of their hometown. Like it could be this thing, but it's not. So it's disappointing. But for me, pyrite is like, it's just beautiful as it, as it is, right? right. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the mm-hmm. other thing. And that's how I feel about Marion. Like there are so many issues here, but there's so much beauty. There's so much potential. And like people are messy just that's because we're human mm-hmm. and I love it. Right. Um, there's beauty in the messiness of, of communities. And I actually like love it here. Things I never thought I'd say in 2009, just so, <laughs> just so right. you know. Or when we were in school in 98, <laughs> yeah. 99. Yeah. 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 Like I wanted to yeah. run as far away as possible. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Well, Tori, first I, I commend you. I think it's awesome that you're willing to come back and take care of your mom. I mean, that says a lot about who you are as a person from a character standpoint. Um, that's really difficult stuff um, yeah. whenever you're dealing with somebody who has a chronic illness. So, yeah. Kudos to you for for being willing to do that. As you have friends now who come to visit in our community, and as you shared, you know, there's some different things that maybe you could change. What are some of those changes that you'd like to see take place in the next five years, 10 years, uh, as you're here and, and becoming a leader in the community? I think I'm seeing them already. Um, there, There's, it's, I don't know how to describe it, what I've seen, but it, within the last couple of years, it feels like there is momentum for different. Um, one of the things that is always pointed out to me is like, you know, you guys have the bypass and you've got all this fast food and Mexican mm-hmm. restaurants, but like, where's the other stuff? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of other happening here. Like we've got so many, like so many things just downtown. And so I'm already seeing a lot of that. Like, I feel like I can invite my friends, be like, hey, there's this event happening um, you want to come hang out now my best friends are in like big cities they're gonna be like no we're not coming to Marion for your poetry <laughs> night but um you know it's 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 happening now so in five years what I would like to see is more of that um more equity in our community yes more leadership from people who like the powers that be wouldn't deem leaders right there's so many voices that get ignored here um to see more of those voices heard to see more of those voices elected mm-hmm. would be what I would love to see in five years. So, Will you go back and talk about, um, I, you talked a little bit about Lark Song, but you didn't share about your role. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I am 
officially the culture care director, which is basically just like the queen of awesomeness. Um, <laughs> fitting. We were talking fitting. about the role you're going to be putting yeah. on. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, um, fitting. So in initially what I wanted to do with Lark Song was the work that I was already doing in the community was unpaid. Um, and so Lark Song was like, how can we support you if you're going to lead a ginormous march? how are you doing that with the time that it takes to do that and right. no one paying you? Right. Mm -hmm. And so looking at, you know, how, what I'm doing fits with the Lark Song mission, um, justice and equity are all a part of flourishing and fulfillment and it is an access. Right. Um, and so what I do there is basically sort of, it's kind of like diversity, inclusion, equity, like those buzzwordy type things mm -hmm. with a more holistic approach to it. Um, looking at how we as an organization actually model equity in the practices that we have and who we partner with. And um, I do a lot of training and education. Um, I do a lot of it outside of the community though. It's really, that, that's been interesting. <laughs> so like I've got some really, um, I'm going to brag on myself. Like yes. YouTube music, I've trained their staff, their global music staff on um, intersectionality and, and what that means and how they can incorporate that stuff. Um, Philip Morris cigarette brand, like mm -hmm. they've contacted us. So like these major corporations are contacting us from after, after pay. I have to say after pay. Cause my daughter, like she, <laughs> she uses after pay all the time. And she was so mm -hmm. excited to know that I was training their staff. And so I've worked with these major corporations about how they can do diversity inclusion from a standpoint. That's not just like checking off boxes, but how it really changes the culture. Um, of, yeah. of the, the place in the product. So. so I'll ask this because we want to see that more here in our own community. Mm. And I run an organization here in the community and I think about these things, but my network only reaches so far and I don't want the talent to be a box that we're checking, mm -hmm. right? I really want to reach out and get into more talent. So how do how would you help us identify people outside of our networks mm. to serve in these capacity roles? Because I know there's so much leadership and talent in this community that I just don't know. Yeah. And I don't want them to feel like, oh, I'm coming to you because I want you, I want to check a box. I mean, being a woman, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. we've been the, you know, the yeah. woman on a board or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so how do, how do, would you help us understand how to do that? So I think it's, uh, it's twofold. So one, and one of the one of the things that I have been blessed to be here is sort of a bridge for some of those things, trying to show people the beauty in this community um, from all standpoints, mm -hmm. um, connecting people who would never talk is the coolest thing to me. So from an organizational standpoint, though, you have to sort of look at it from top down and then bottom bottom up. Uh, <laughs> had to do that <laughs> to see sort like what in your organization would bring someone who is not one of those voices to the table where they'd be comfortable, right? Um, I sit on boards and stuff and I'm always like, why did y'all pick me to be here, right? Right. Um, and so, and I know why. One, I'm awesome, but also I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I know that I, there's some social capital that comes with me because people think things about me, right? Um, that sounds like shade, it's not shade, <laughs> but that's, that's a part of it. And so, um, for people, so when you're talking about your your network, like using people like me to connect is absolutely okay, right? Like if I'm putting myself, if I'm saying use me to connect with people who you would never talk to, do that. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise I've got people who have a voice and something to add to conversations mm -hmm. and add to this community and they just keep getting ignored. One example of that that has been like really inspiring is the focus group 
Um, it's a group of young men. They do community cleanups. We partner with them for food drives and stuff. They do, they do these things and like, they're not asking for fanfare or anything. It's just what they do. It's a group primarily of young minority men here in the community. Oh wow! And so, you know, like they, um, they're awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they have been able to partner with some different people here that because they've reached out social media is like not the bomb, but it's also the greatest thing for connecting different communities. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that, like, I have that, be on the lookout. If you see, if you see me posting or sharing somebody, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, feel free to message me and say, hey, like, who are they? And can you connect me? That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So that's okay, like, great. that's a, that's a me. That's what, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like a life purpose thing. So, so yeah. this will be the second time I bring that up, but I have a term for that. It's called a love cat. A love cat. Yeah. I'm allergic to cats. I hate me too. But <laughs> but essentially like that's that's what it is. It's you know what, you're amazing, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're awesome. Let me connect you and you go be awesome together. Do cats do that? I don't think so. Okay. But um <laughs> <laughs> do cats really, do that. They're just they just they just throw shade. That's all cats do. But but like, like Initially that's what when I Iris it. said yeah. that I'm picturing like a cat rubbing up all mm-hmm. on your leg and I'm yeah. like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But hey, I'm gonna, but I might hey. need you to. They go might like you a little bit. More yeah, later. you're gonna have right. to figure that one. Work yeah. on that one just a little bit. It's a term I picked up somewhere else. It's not so, mine. Okay. All right. I'll, well, I'll Google. But you are a love cat, Tori. Accept it. <laughs> right. Don't do that. Um, for me, I have a real passion mm-hmm. around like honoring people's voices and getting people to the table mm-hmm. that aren't being heard. And mm-hmm. if and um, giving them the space to share their voice. And so I feel like I can knock down um, a lot of doors and have those people at the table, mm-hmm. but I've never really understood or could figure out because I'm not, I didn't grow up here. I don't mm-hmm. have deep family connections, how to really connect into um that other network to bring them to the table, um, whether it's the migrant population or the African-American population. And um, I've really struggled because of my history growing up in North Carolina. I actually Mm -hmm. have experienced and seen more racism here Mm -hmm. than I ever really did in North Carolina. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because it was taught in our face, like you could walk by and see remnants Mm -hmm. of that type of lifestyle. Well, they call it Indiana um, up south. Yeah. So. But but yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting because I I really as a child like it didn't make sense to me. I'm like this is the north. Like yeah. it's not supposed to be like this up here, you know. So um I maybe you and I may have some off conversations from that. Okay. Tori, I'm I'm curious who were some of the people that were most influential to you as a kid growing up here in Marion and mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. has had the biggest impact? On, on your life he's known for the tough question oh, this is right. not tough at all this is the, my answer is probably going to surprise a lot of people <laughs> well i have a couple of answers um two of the people who were probably the most influential for me bill munn and bobby owens me i did not love mr munn back I then. Did. he was Man. so quirky and funny oh my god he was so mean like i had so i had I'll him take for the AP fifth history. on that one yeah me too yeah. but like he was like not nice to people like he was cool in class i was very well educated but like he would be in the hallway like move it along move it along yeah and so like that he was very rigid (laughs) yeah like very very rigid so when i tell people like mr munn yeah they're like what they're like wait what and when i tell them just how actually cool he is they're like no no and i'm like yes seriously like get to know him yeah but um so he and bobby oinsby mrs oinsby Mm -hmm. to when i had my daughter um that was a a point where I had to make some really hard decisions and figure out what it meant to 
make adult decisions or decisions decisions with adult implications, right? Mm. Um, as I was a good kid, like good grades, all that stuff, and whoop, I have a baby, and so like my GPA was very important to me because I wanted to go to college, and then it was like, could I go to college? And those two. Um, Mr. Munn, I will never forget. I said, Mr. Munn, how do I keep my grades up in your class? And he said, I don't know. I've never had an AP student get pregnant, but we'll figure it out. And we did. Love and that. like that mm. stayed with me. And Mrs. Oinsby just always encouraged me. I never had her for class <laughs> ever, but she always encouraged me. And she was told me she was proud of me and that I could still do it. And like those two really in that moment in my life, they were exactly what I needed to hear. And they probably were just doing their job but it was what I needed to hear. Yeah. Um, so education wise, those two, there's a, there's a lot, um, a lot of people, my parents were really good about making me understand my history um, and understanding my blackness and what that meant, especially in a place like this. Yeah. And so I was also a nerd, very proud nerd. So there were people who were inspirational to me that I had never met um, or that I've read about or read their work. So I can go and on. And who would be some of those people? So top, uh, <laughs> top two or three. <laughs> yeah. I would say if we're looking at like late childhood, um, Audrey Lord, James Baldwin, um, those two voices were um, saying things that I hadn't heard before and felt but didn't have words for. Um, and so reading their their works was really just like transformational for me. Um because you know what racism is when you feel it, but having someone talk about it in terms of like, this is what it is and how do we do something about it? Yeah. And this isn't just a your generation problem or a you problem or your community problem. This is a bigger thing that was transformative for me. Mm -hmm. um, younger Tori, Arthur Ashe, Althea Gibson, um, Althea Gibson in particular, she's a tennis player. Um, both of them are tennis players, but I was a black, I was a little black girl playing tennis right, with my with the last name of Williams, right around the time when the Williams sisters started playing tennis. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, we are not cousins, and no, I am never going to be that good. <laughs> right? So, um, but those two. So, this episode of Where We Landed is brought to you by the United Way of Grant County. The United Way's mission is to build stronger families. We believe that sharing inspirational stories helps strengthen the fabric of our community. To get involved, contact the United Way at 765-662-9811. You made a lot of big decisions when you were 17, 18, mm -hmm. 19 years old. If you were to look back and and say to your 18-year-old self, is there anything that you would look back at today and say, here's my advice to my 18-year-old self that I... If I had known today what I know now, here's what I would have done. Y'all can't see my face, but mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> when I went to school, even though I had a scholarship, I still had to figure out how to pay. I had an academic scholarship, but they did not include books, which was always. <sighs> so on. I had to figure out how to pay for <laughs> yeah. books and things like that. And I didn't want my education to be a burden on my parents because they had my daughter that first year because I couldn't live off campus. Mm -hmm. And I had an advisor. Um, and what he told me was, if you're going to take out student loans, put some of that away and invest it. And that is the one piece of advice that I've been given in my life that I regret not listening to. Oh. Um, yeah. Mm. 20 years ago, like if I had invested in, I don't know, Apple or, you know, <laughs> right. I, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that would be the one thing I'd go back and be like, 18 year tour, do not go to express. Don't go shopping. Oh. Put that money up. So I was cute. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, 
we talked a little bit about the fact that you were a young mother, mm-hmm. um, but you're also a mother now <laughs> of beautiful twin boys. And I saw on your social media recently about the difference between a 20-year-old mom and a 40-year-old oh mom, right? Because yeah. we experienced that and sledding feels different. Mm-hmm. So Everything um, feels different. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk a little bit about that kind of experience where... You know, you kind of have these two different motherhood experiences in your life. Like, I still can't believe this is real life. Sometimes I was looking at we were watching the Olympics last night and I was looking at I have five year old twins, Apollo and Adonis. And I was looking at them and they were standing next to each other. And I was like, they're so tall. Like, this is going by so fast. And then Apollo comes and he's he sits on me and we're watching Sean White's last like <laughs> snowboard <laughs> and he starts crying and I was like what are you crying for buddy and he was like I'm gonna miss him oh and I was like dude what's his name oh. do you know his name and he was like no <laughs> and I was oh. just like okay and I realized at that point mm-hmm. my daughter was so easy to raise like these two are <laughs> I've yeah because you had a daughter and now you got two sons <laughs> yeah. so there's an 18 year gap between my kids um and she was just this little ball of sunshine like if you're going to be a teen mom like that's the kind of kid I want you to have mm-hmm. because she was just this really easy kid the twins are themselves and that's the best way for me to say it like they have never been easy um it has never gotten easier that's what people say oh it'll get easier no it just gets different mm-hmm. um Agreed. and so their personalities are totally different Apollo is the emotional like dramatic He's incredibly intelligent, and um, I can't cuss on here. No, well, so if you want to, we might it. have a beep button somewhere. Like, feel it deep in your soul. Just do it. <laughs> Hellions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. not really a cuss. Okay. Yeah, um, that's yeah. They are like. I call myself the coordinator of chaos because that's mm. literally sort of just like their personalities. They're always hyper. My daughter was calm. I was 16. I had way more energy when she was younger. Like I could go play at the park and I could play. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I wouldn't have to stretch afterwards. (laughs) We go to the park now and like they want to get on the swings or the slide and they want me to push them and chase them. And I'm just like, oh, mommy loves you. Be careful. Like that's a lot of work. (laughs) Like I'll just sit here and swing gently while you guys play. Earlier we were talking off air. We were talking about parenting tips um and and mine for my children is it's my job to keep you safe it's not my job to entertain you so that's that's how i get out of uh swinging and sliding yeah of having twins is that they're they have each other for the most part they have each other Mm -hmm. but like they've been together since in utero and they get sick of each other um Adonis more so than Apollo. Like Adonis will be like, I need my space, Apollo. And Apollo will be like, I just want to hug you. So like there's, <laughs> so they're very, they're very entertaining though. So. Tori, you've brought up a couple of sports related things. So tennis mm-hmm. um, and then also the Olympics last, you know, watching that last night. What are maybe some lessons that you learned through sports as a kid growing up? I'm a, I'm a coach. So I'm okay. always fascinated by lessons life. I think sports are great. They teach great life lessons, but anything that you learn through sports? So my dad was a tennis coach from Marion High School um, and I was he was he was Bill Beekman's assistant coach. Um, And so I learned a lot, not just being on the team, but being the daughter of a coach. Mm. Um, And then he was eventually the head coach for the boys. Excuse me. So I learned a lot. Probably the biggest lesson and what I loved about tennis was tennis was an individual effort in a team. 
right? So you have the different positions. You got one singles, two singles, three singles. You've got two doubles, um, two doubles sets. And everyone's win or loss contributed to the team, right? And to me, that's like the most beautiful way to look at how we do stuff as a community, right? Like there's going to be some people who win, some people who lose, but we are all impacted by what happens on that court. Um, so like, that's my favorite part of tennis and just being on a team. Um, that was tennis is probably like the space where I experienced the most diversity at Marion high school. Like, mm -hmm. I think I was maybe like one of the only, I was maybe the only black girl, but like the, everyone, everyone was different yeah. for the most part. And so like learning about different cultures, just because these are my friends, not because this is like class or school, I have to learn it was very, very cool. So, so a follow-up question to that, if you could attend one sporting event in the world, what would be the, like, like what would be your dream sporting event to attend? And you may have already done it, but not if yet. not, what would be the, what would be your dream sporting event to attend? Does this have to be like, like reality? No, no, no okay. it doesn't have to be reality <laughs> at all. It could be wherever. Um, so U.S. Open Championship for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who I'd want to see play though. Oh yeah. yeah. Pick the people. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I love Coco Golf. She's, she reminds me of me, just way more tennis talent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have to think about who I'd want to see. But the so, U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah, U.S. Yeah. Open. That's yeah. awesome. Great yeah. answer. So That's you cool. talked about the diversity that you saw in um, sports and at Marion. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I appreciated about graduating from Marion High School in the class that I did is that I had a very diverse group of friends. Mm -hmm. um, to the point that when I went off, you know, to get away from here, that I missed how mm. diverse my network was yeah. and how much I appreciated about that. So since you're a boomerang and you're now back around and mm. our friends are, you know, off somewhere else, <laughs> um, we get that phone call, right? Like, what are you still doing in Marion? Like we yeah. ruined our lives somehow by yeah. still being here. Um, what are, what are some of the things that you highlight about the community now mm. to our friends that maybe did grow up here and left um, to encourage them to check out when they come home to visit or those kinds of things? That's a good question. Um, I don't think I've actively thought about what I highlight because I'm just like, hey, there's this thing happening. There's yeah. this thing going on. Check this out. Um, probably one of the bigger things is the murals. Um, mm -hmm. Street art or any kind of art to me is a beautiful form of communication. Um, when you have large scale art, it tells people what is important to this community and what's kind of what's here. And so personally, that would probably be what I would say. Come check out the murals. Do you want to um, talk about what you have posted on your social media right now about raising money for art? Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What, <laughs> what do I have posted on my <laughs> social media? Oh, gosh. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, so part of one of the organizations that I founded, which is not an organization, mm -hmm. it's a grassroots effort. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really just people coming together who are committed to justice and community and things like that called moving Marion forward. I ran for city council in 2019 and that was my campaign slogan. Um, and so we just, I lost. So, um, so, but that became, that became something that stayed with me. Like I, I got in that race because I just wanted to change the conversation about what was mm. being talked about. I wanted to be talking about climate and, you know, and community and inclusion as an elected official. And even though yes. I didn't get elected, that mission didn't change. Right. And so that's what Moving Marion Forward is all about. And right now we have this really cool opportunity. We are partnering with, I feel like I have to back up to tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the Equal Justice Initiative I'm is. Gonna say, um, yeah. There's a couple of things yeah, I want like, you to. Yeah, I, I wrote a little just, list of a couple of things up. I want to make sure that you talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Equal Justice Initiative is an organization that's in Montgomery, Alabama, and they are dedicated to um, sort of remembering the the racial violence that has happened in our country, particularly with lynchings of Americans, black Americans in the United States. There was a period of time where um, lynchings were really prevalent in our country, and they've been able to identify sites all over the United States where those have occurred. Obviously, Marion is the most notorious mm-hmm. um lynching that occurred here and so having that a part of our community like identity um, it was important for me to figure out how we could work with them to do whatever they're doing Um, if Marion doesn't do this stuff it almost feels worse because we're missing and so um, we started partnering with them in 2018 to do certain to do some of the remembrance project stuff and we formed a remembrance project coalition um, and we've been working just to do education on race racial terror the legacy of lynching and what that means and how we move forward um what does transformation and justice work look like in a modern day so the coalition is partnering with the eji to um have a scholarship contest for marion high school grant county public school (laughs) students sorry (laughs) i have to do that all the time because i'm like marion high is not the only school um but so the essay contest is um sponsored by the eji there's up to five thousand dollars uh prize money awesome yeah and because i love art um, and I'm passionate about it. I wanted to do something that was paired with the essay contest, but still separate. So the EJI was like, yes, you guys can do what you want to do. We just have to do two separate things. But they're amazing because they were able to put all the information onto one website. So moving Marion forward is partnering with the Marion Community Remembrance Project Coalition <laughs> to do an art contest in partnership with the essay contest. Great. So the art contest is my baby. Um, I have pulled together a really dope committee of people who are either from Marion or have been in Marion and left and are, are associated with Marion in some way, shape or form. And that contest is open to from seven to 12th grade public high school in Grant County. Um, college students, there's a, a there's a black community at our, our two universities that people tend to forget about. Mm. And so I wanted to make sure that they had the opportunity to at least be a part of it. Um, and the contest isn't just for black people, but I wanted, you know, I want them to to feel like they're part of the community more so because they're super isolated. Um, and then it's open to adults, too. There's a we have this thing with Marion where we have this amazing talent and it goes away and we don't really give them the opportunity to come back with who they are at the, presently. And so I'm hoping that having adults available for the art part will bring some of that back. So. Very cool. Which is part of the reason why we created this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Is to talk about all of the great stories yeah. and our whole history mm-hmm. of this community and how we heal and move forward mm-hmm. and own our ugly as well as our beautiful. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just be in that space and honor people that have great stories um, here yeah. for our community. So I appreciate that. And I always geek out on your, if you can't I'm tell like I'm a fangirl on your super, yeah, super social excited. media. So, <laughs> so, well, I wanted to say Tashima was just on like yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. So she is one of the committee members for the art contest. Cool. And like, I've been wanting to figure out a way to partner with her for forever. Um, Cause I'm a fangirl of her. Yeah. <laughs> right. She is pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's I'm just I gotta say who's on the committee because I'm really proud yes, of being able yes, to please share. Absolutely. Please share. So Shayana Funches, she's yeah. a organizer, event planner, and just all around like 
amazing woman. Amazing. Um, Samuel Levi Jones. So oh, cla- yeah. class mm-hmm. of 98. 98. Um, he's a visual artist. He is shown all over. Um, and like, this is the coolest thing to me, but Blue Ivy, Jay-Z and Beyonce's daughter, mm-hmm. yeah. bought some of his artwork. So he's on the committee. Um, Jamar Barnett, he's from Marion. He's currently an artist in Indianapolis and really involved in the art scene. He's on the committee. Julie Moore is a professor, English professor at Taylor. She's Julie. on the committee and she's also a poet. When I ask people like, what title do you want me to use? They're like, eh, and I'm like, no, 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 we're going to pump you up because yeah. you do all the things. Yes. Um, and then Chris Dela, who is my partner, um, he's my partner in crime forever. Um, he's a recording artist, rapper, and he's on the committee also. And I hope I didn't forget anybody. So. Very cool. Yeah. Tori Gorman. Oh, sorry. Patricia Gibson. She's she's my best friend. I forgot my best friend. (laughs) We skip our best friend side because they're always there, right? Like like, like, we don't even like we don't even have to talk Mm -hmm. anymore. We just like, okay, Google Doc, yes, here it is. Here we go. Like we don't have to talk to organize. So she's the other co-founder of Moving Mary Forward. So That's great. I well, and as you are, I like I said, I wrote a little list over here, some other things that I'd like for you to share. Um, would you like to share anything about the Pride event that happened? Yeah. Um, so last summer, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I made a Facebook post and said, hey, is anything happening for Pride in Marion or Grant County? And everyone was like, no, you should do something. And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do something. One, that's not my lane. Um, I'm like an ally. I'm not part of the LGBTQ community, but um, I will help anybody who does it. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we did Pride. Um, my daughter actually stepped up and said she wanted to sort of organize it and do it. So it was this chance to support my daughter, have her see mom work. Like usually she's my assistant, but have her see like how hard it is to put to, to put an event together. Um, and but we we really put Pride together in like three weeks, and it was just one of those moments where everyone who was interested in helping had a specific skill that was needed, and like we like just rocked it, and it was phenomenal. Um, There was a lot of concern with like safety and, you know, are we going to get protests? And like we whenever I do something, I always have a safety plan, security in check or whatever. But I like people were more concerned about pride here than they were like the Black Lives Matter marches. It was very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, And but like we had no incidents at all. We were at the park. It was beautiful. It was rainbows and queerness and just acceptance and love. And so many people crying because they were seen or felt safe in their community yeah. it, i'll cry thinking about yeah. it now so we also hosted like a really big drag show yes. <laughs> and i don't Which know if you've not been to a drag show they're amazing yes. amazing yeah. like so it was we did we knew it was going to be big we had no idea we would have to turn people away yeah so we're You're planning need for, a bigger venue next year we have for this year we have plans for okay, this good. year good. um we're actually going to sell tickets through eventbrite so that we don't do what happened mm-hmm. last year but we had people um we had it at cinder cinder the, the cinder building we had people who were in lawn chairs outside watching the show through the window <laughs> through the window <laughs> i love it yeah and so i got to be tip girl yeah. so i would go inside and like run the tips in from outside <laughs> it was phenomenal and then you you touched on it just a little bit but would you also like to share about the black lives matter march yeah mm-hmm. so 2020 was a year yes. um of so many things and when george floyd when every when everything blew up there were a couple of young people who were out on the square protesting by themselves and i was like i would never have had the courage to do that at 18 mm-hmm. or 19 years old not in this town not on that square right um and i wanted to see how we could support them so we started just kind of going out with them and i wanted them to see that this was um that there were people who supported them who wanted to amplify their voices and also that other people would come out and so like after a couple weeks of protests we 
I wanted to do it on June 5th. It was Breonna Taylor's birthday. And so we had like, some people say one of the biggest marches in the history of the city. I don't know because I've only been alive 40 years, but it was incredible to see so many people. We started at Cinder and we marched down to the courthouse. We just did a block around the courthouse and it was phenomenal. Um, it was beautiful. And there were so many white people there. <laughs> I was going to say it was all races, yeah, colors, genders, it, it was, backgrounds. Yeah, like you never know what's going to happen with a protest. Mm -hmm. You never know. Um, and like I said, I can prepare. I I don't believe peace is something that we can really strive for. Like it's not, um, that's not human nature is not right. peace. That's, that's, but safety is the important thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we can share our pain and share our, our passion in a safe way, that's what I want to do. And so the companion event was a prayer vigil at the city hall, which Rashar Tyson mm -hmm. put together. And so he and I work together. Like we have these two events, they're meeting two different needs. It's not in competition. And like I told him, there are going to be people who are not ready to go pray with the police. Right. They can stay here, you know? And so like, that's how we did it. It was just mm -hmm. um, the community coming together and the ripple effect from that was, it's still, it's hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you, I had a chance to hear Brian Stevenson speak mm -hmm. um, with the Equal Justice Institute okay. down in Indianapolis, probably within the last six or seven Butler? months. This was at the Madam Walker Theater okay. for a group of young presidents okay. in, in uh, the business community. But he had talked about how they were trying to do these projects in, mm -hmm. in communities where lynchings had taken place. And I immediately thought about Marion. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you think will ever take place here, a remembrance mm -hmm. um, and the actual, you know, I think they actually memorialize it. Mm -hmm. um, and and they've, it, according to Brian, you know, he said that a lot of healing, <clears throat> yeah, healing can come from that. Um, it, do you see a future for that here? Or I do. is that something that you think will, <laughs> it, it will take a while? Um, uh, justice, Justice is slow. Pain and healing are slow also. Um, and so I have to remind myself of that. Like what I want to see happen in my lifetime, I don't know. But I do know that we are working hard on the remembrance stuff. So the EJI has jars of soil from each yeah. lynching site. So we got permission to collect the soil. We did that in 2020 also. Mm -hmm. 2020 was a year. A lot. Yeah. Um, and what happened at that event was so many people saying, thank you for putting this together. This needed to happen. What's next? Mm -hmm. Hopefully the next step is a historical marker. The EJI used to send your, their marker to the communities yeah. and stuff like that. They're not doing that anymore. They want historical markers because there's a narrative there. It tells the story rather than just, you know, something yeah. that doesn't have the words there. For me, the important thing is doing work that if I'm not here, I don't have to answer. I can't answer the questions, right? I have my twin boys were playing in the spot where those young men were lynched a couple of years ago. And I thought, they have no idea what happened here. And if I don't tell them, they won't know. Right. Or they'll find out, you know, when they're in Ohio and it's in their textbook and they're yeah. like, oh, that's my hometown. Um, and so having something that is here and that's not movable is so important to me. Um, it's, you know, there are people who visit Marion and they come to the courthouse to visit for that reason. And then they see nothing. Um, side, so, side note, if you're ever at the courthouse, please take a look at what is actually memorialized there mm -hmm. and what's set in stone there. Um, it tells you a story of injustice and who gets to tell the story, right? The narratives that we promote mm -hmm. versus what really happened. So, and that's one thing I can say that I 
share in a way with you as I was a part of doing the Vietnam War Memorial mm. piece mm -hmm. and the process that went through that and, mm -hmm. you know, honoring, do we do era veterans or do we do in-country mm -hmm. veterans and the pain there is even just in our veteran community mm -hmm. about the difference of those things. Yeah. And so um, coming from a military family and that being a group that was left out mm -hmm. and attacked. And yep. um, so... Yeah. Again, I think you and I need to have off yeah. conversations. <laughs> well, and I mean, if there's just one piece that I could add to that, too, is I feel like um, reconciliation just gets skipped right over. Mm -hmm. um, you, you have to come to the table. You have to say, I'm sorry. You have to either accept the apology and then decide what, what happens next. And it's like we've just tried to skip that entire part. Well, And they've done reconciliation events. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, like if you yeah. if you have to tell me that it happened. Mm -hmm then I don't know that it happened, right? Mm. And understanding like our community in particular, because of the lynching that happened here, um, if you're not from here, this and you Google Marion, or if you're coming here, that is a part of our reputation. It is so ingrained in our community identity. And so for people to just be like, oh, it didn't happen, or we mm. shouldn't have anything that says it happened, tells a whole story. It's a story of avoidance and secret. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. you, we, yeah. I grew up, for the most part here. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that I really understood until I had someone in college that was like, oh my God, you're yeah. from there. And I'm like, that <laughs> happened to my kid? What? Oh, like, see, no. I knew about it young. You know, um, yeah. yeah. I knew, so, knew about it very young, but still in college, it's like, there's there's my downtown square, right? There's right. The, the seat of justice is yeah. <laughs> is what happened, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. well, thank you so much for all of the work that you do in our community, the light that you are in right. our community yes. and the fight that you do. And I enjoy watching your antics with the boys and <laughs> mm -hmm. stuff like that. So you'll only see um, it online. You won't see them out in public because I can't take it nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it. That's, we call them, we call that house She's, train mm -hmm. in our she house said, train. Are they house they train? They will not be at the store with me. <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> but again, if you don't take them to fancy dinners, they no. don't learn how to do it, mom. Nope. <laughs> Still not doing it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks, thank you everyone fun. for yes. listening. Thank you. We do drop a new podcast every Thursday. So make sure you're watching for where we landed Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas. 